Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cup glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Yes, hello, welcome to the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast. It is a big show we have in store for you today. We're going to have a look at uh, last week's run of the week in just a moment. Then obviously a preview of Sandown Park, headquarters tomorrow night. And a good chat as well with Gavin Burke, trainer of Pantera Nera, Group 1 winning Pantera Nera. be great to uh, to have a chat and delve back into the history of the uh, the star that was Pantera Nera. And as well, chat about his runner tomorrow night, done working in the launching pad qualifier. But before we get to that, here is last week's run of the week. Run of the week. We're looking out for Manila Dusk here in the red rug. They're set to run. Leg number one. Ready. Set. And away. Slow was Mandela Dusk. Speed from Octavia Bale. And now Camulos trying to get through. Between them was Mighty Pie. It squeezed through a needle eye opening and ran to the lead. Going forward, Octavia Bale. Now getting into the clear was Mandela Dusk with a run. Coming on Tigers 20. Further back then to Tigers time. Uh, they're further back in the field, Camulos. And then came Zipping Crusader. It's Manila Dusk reaching the lead before the turn. Tigers 20's out after it. Manila Dusk into the straight. Racing clear. Three in front. Manila Dusk. Really, really tough, gritty win, that one. Uh, Manila Dusk, he was a $4 chance in the market, and once he wasn't in front, you normally would have put the line through him being a, a greyhound with sprint form. But what he did was he worked his way through the field. Mighty Pie was in front, not overly strong at 500 metres, and he pounced down the back, took the lead. But what surprised me, he ran home in a in a very good time, 10.60. So who knows? If he was to lob in front, he, he might even end up winning over 600 metres. That's how far he's progressed in the last couple of months. So well done to Aaron D. Batista. Our run of the week for this week, Manila Dust, the winner of race five from Sandown Park. Thursday's preview. So now moving along to Thursday night's preview, Sandown Park, 24th of March, and we've got hopefully 12 winners here. Uh, race number one, we're going with two Dusty Burbsky on top. We tipped this greyhound last time, went well in town, so there's no reason why uh, the son of Alan Deed won't be there about race one, number two. Race two going one, Fearless Rory. Been a little bit hard to catch in his, his last couple of Sandown runs, but he just hasn't had the room to move. So hopefully third go at Sandown, he can begin better, hold the rail, and he should be thereabouts. Race two, number one. Race three, I'm going two, Black Sail. I called the heats of this race at Warrigal a couple of, four, about a week and a bit ago, um, and this greyhound, by gee, hit the line hard. He was out the back. There's a fair bit of speed in the race, so he might have to let them go, but if he hugs the rail, I think he's a huge chance at an each-way price, number two, Black Sail, but it is a an unbelievably strong one-to-four win final. Race number four, we're going with number five here. She's refined, but we are going to have Gavin Burke on the show in just a moment to chat done working. So it'll be interesting to see what Gav has to say there. I'm going to go five, she's refined, but I think the value could be with the red done working at a good each way price. We'll know more in a moment. Race five, we're going seven, so does Seville. Smart win last week, just needs room early. Might get that in a 600 metre from a wide draw. Race six, we'll go five, Kalinda 
Paddy. Now, race seven, I'm taking on Jarek Bale. I just think the end of 7.15 is going to have him all out. And if number three, Grace of Spirit, can lob close, I think she can run him down. So race seven, number three on top. Uh, race number eight, I thought this was a hard race. I'm going to Nikolai Bale. You could have easily tipped Yozo Bale. Robbie Rotten's been outstanding. And then you've got Aston Amigo in box eight. So it's a tough race, but I thought close to the rail, Nikolai Bale can go well number two. Race nine, I'm going with number one, Pazienza. Just has speed to burn. Hopefully kicks through to lead. Will be a good each way price. Can run well. Race 10, it's number seven, Subtle Art. Absolutely no luck last time out at Shepparton. Was cleaned up at Box Rise. Hit the line hard, though. Uh, Aston Kamuni's the bit of a, a danger. We had Ian Garland on the show, and he, he was pretty bullish of, of this Greyhound's ability. Fell that time at the Meadows, but picked herself up to win last time at Bendigo in very quick time. I'll lean to Subtle Art, but Aston Kamuni, if she leads, and she should lead, will be hard to catch. Race 11, we're going to Kalinda Lady, just putting together win after win at the moment. And race 12, we rounded out tough race. I'm going to go each way with number four, Malin Bale. Inside Info. Inside Info ahead of Sandown Park tomorrow night. We've got a very special guest on the line, Gavin Burke from Gippsland. He joins us. How are you, Gav? All right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Hey, you're Very racing good. tomorrow night, Sandown Park, with a greyhound by the name of Dunwork and who's qualified for the launching pad qualifier, which if you happen to win this, you then find yourself in the launching pad series. But before we chat about greyhound racing tomorrow night at Sandown Park, can you tell us where you got involved in greyhound racing and where you caught that bug of, uh, of loving greyhound racing? Yeah, mate. Um, well, of course, uh, I was uh, in the thoroughbred side of things of racing to start with and... Um, uh, while I was in that, we had family members um, that uh, and good associations that were already in greyhound racing. Um, and uh, once I gave up the the uh, the the riding, um, it was just a, for me it was a natural progression and more to the point, probably more affordable to you know have a dog of your own and and sort of um, try and make something happen from from there where the horses were. As you know, it's a rich man sport, and back then it was uh, the greyhounds were a poor man sport. I'm not not too sure it's that now. It seems to have risen a bit with what you pay for pups and that, but with you know, with all good reason. Hundred percent. And I've noticed a lot of people have made that transition from from thoroughbred racing or even harness racing across to greyhound racing. Do you, as a, as a jockey, as a former jockey, can you can you pick up some similarities between the two? Do did you see the preparation of the way they were being trained as thoroughbreds, and can you then use that on the way you're training your greyhounds now, or is it just a little bit too different? Oh, look, I, I think in general, James, you know, at the end of the day, they're all athletes and. Um, no different to someone getting ready for footy or, or a running race. I mean, you, you, you've, you've got to be spot on. You've got to be fit. Um, and the diet, and although the horses obviously would be different, but um, I know through my day they never used to weigh horses. And just as I finished up, they were starting to weigh horses. So um, I think they do it a little bit more than they do now. Um, but, look, I think just in general their fitness probably is more for me in, in terms of um, – uh, obviously they're trained differently, but uh, you've got to have uh, the animals at their peak and, and, and injury-free, and um, it's the maintenance that you do in between that will generally see the uh, longevity of the animal, all barring you know, things that happen outside of uh, your control. A few years ago, you had a, a very, very good greyhound by the name of Pantera Nera. Can you talk us through the journey of Pantera Nera, how you, you came to, uh, to get the greyhound and then 
that the amazing ride he took you on. It was a little bit like the Tommy Shelby ride now, I suppose, because he travelled to Launceston. He went to the gardens in New South Wales and he, and he won just about everywhere he went. Yeah, he did, James. As has um, been widely known that um, those sort of dogs come around once once in a lifetime and I mean, you'd like to think you'd get two of them, but I'm, I'm good with just having one and obviously we're in it to keep going and try and getting another one, but... We just went looking for a dog at the time, my partner and I, and um, I went through a couple of Sydney series, which I do every year. I watch the, the Maiden series and um, and just see how they progress and sort of write down about four that um, that sort of take my eye. And I've always said that um, in that particular series Panny was in, um, you're not going to be able to buy the winner because I think the first purse was 75000 so the, the purchase price for that would be sort of out of our realm. But um we made about six or seven phone calls to different uh, connections, I suppose, through dogs in that in that um, in that series. And um, yeah, as it turned out, we come to a deal with with the then owners of uh, Pantera and Era and took him over, and he just progressed through the grades and um, yeah, went on to bigger and better things. I've had a quick look at his form. First two runs after you've purchased him. Now he had his last run in Weddy Park uh, the 9th of December 2015. First week of the new year, 2016, you race at Warrigal and he misses the kick. And then the week later, he also begins a bit ordinarily. He finishes off third that day. At that point in time, were you a little bit worried that the purchase wasn't going to come through with the goods or, or had you seen enough in the, the trials leading up that you knew he was going to be what you were hoping he was going to be? No, mate, you, you're absolutely correct. Uh, after the the first and second run, I'd said to my wife, God, what have we done? What have we done here? <laughs> um, I uh, didn't panic, but it was a, a long road back from there. So I went back to basics and we got his bloods done and we found straight away that, you know, um, that that was uh, not as it should be. And there was probably the the um, the effort that he wasn't able to put in was probably through the results we got in the blood. So we sat him away and, and put up, uh, like got everything done and, and brought him back. And I trialled him at uh, Warrigal uh, after, so after he'd had his two runs and we, we thought we had him right. And he went, I think he went 25-72. And then the next time he went uh, 55. So we took him to sale and had a crack. And uh, um, from that day, I know we come up against one of Jason Thompson's dogs uh, after sale, at, um, which was going real good at the time, sort of an up-and-coming, and, coming and um, Penny just jumped out of the boxes and ran his. Jason's dog was um, good in defeat, but I think Penny's pace uh, early sort of put him to the sword. And as I've said, and everyone will tell you, you know, when you can go out and run splits like some of these group dogs can at, Mathematically, it, it it makes it almost impossible for them to get home and and beat you unless they're able to you know smash a track record and which some do but not not too often. You obviously like to see your dogs out out in front and, and you know if they're strong and they're and they're going to run time. It takes a good dog to um to come over the top. Now you go back through his starts. He he was a little bit like Fernando Bar with that early speed. Was there a race that stood out for Mighty? Won the Black Top. He won the Terrelgan Cup, which obviously would have been special being a local. Was was the Terrelgan Cup the, the most enjoyable win, or, or getting that Group One glory in in New South Wales? That would have been pretty special too, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, James. I, I think for us it was our well. We've, we'd had a lot of I'd had a lot of dogs prior to meeting Leanne and. But I'd only ever had sort of, you know, two dogs and it was a hobby and, you know, we were sort of just enjoying the sport and um, 
had a bit of fun with it. And um, but yeah, winning, get making a, a group final is always special. But actually making one and then uh, winning the Tyrrellton Cup was uh, enormous for us. I remember saying to a couple of my mates that um, oh, I'm just happy to be in the cup, let alone let alone win one prior to the race. And um, you know when we won one, I thought, well, this is. Uh, this could uh, be bigger and better things ahead because he did beat some good dogs, um, you know, in in that in that heat that um, you know slowly went on with it as 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 he did. And I'm a big believer that you know a lot of a lot of dogs will make group finals and um, you know and perform well. And they, I always think to myself that if you make enough group finals, eventually um, you're going to win one. And, and if you have a look around, it's in a lot of these cups, it's the same four or five dogs, um, you know, that sort of seem to make those those finals. And, uh, you know, they generally get a good run for 12 months that they'll, you know, they'll obviously share them and every now and then one pops up that doesn't go through that series. But in, in a sense, that you know, my belief is that if they keep making these finals, eventually they'll win one, two or, or three. Well, he was he was definitely a, a superstar greyhound. He led most of his races, as we spoke about off air just a moment ago. And and just quickly before we turn our attention to tomorrow night's uh, chase of Dunwork, and with Pantera Nera, he he has stood at stud. Probably didn't get the interest that that even I would have expected, to be honest, uh, Gavi. He was uh, so similar to the way that Fernando Bale raced. He's beautifully bred. He he's a Group One winner. And if somebody's sitting there now and they go, well, let's let's give this speed machine Pantera Nera a go at stud. What's the what's the best way to go about? that uh well i can get hold of us on his on his page of course or um uh or ring ring me direct um we're pretty open to things james uh, like he's he's uh i'm a bit surprised too that he didn't kick off um in terms of stud because he's his temperament and you know everything that comes with i mean you've got to have the ability obviously but um you know to be able to travel like he went to devonport slash lonnie uh, ten times, mm. uh, like as in a trip over and a trip back, never missed a beat and just thrive. So I think that's a big part of dogs. You know, they've they've got to be able to travel and and adapt, and um, along with have the ability to to be able to perform and and obviously go on and win a race. But um, yeah, they can certainly get us through his uh, Pantanera Facebook page, or um, uh, yeah, by all means, uh, give me a ring if if they're interested, and we'll bend over backwards to help them. Sounds good. Uh, let's turn our attention now to race four, number one tomorrow, launching pad qualifier final. It's a lot at stake with uh, this, obviously, qualifying for the launching pad series, which has huge prize money across the board, even if you're not winning the, the heat semi in the final. But done work, and he was he was pretty impressive the other day, Gav, on, on Sunday, because, let's face it, he's not the quickest away. He's probably the opposite to, uh, to Pantera Nira. He flops out the box. But one thing he does, he likes to get through on the inside of that first corner, and if there's, if there's any trouble out wide, he'll be punching through as he did last week he's he's come from seventh in the run and he, he railed them pretty much you know right through along the inside of that first corner and and was too good beating hometown hero in the heat who looks a, a pretty promising type as well so he must have been happy with that heat run yeah i was james we we he, he sort of when we first went there he, he was actually trialing um 20 on, on his own 29 i think he went 29 46 his first go around there um before we raced him and then I put him up against um, uh, Blue Tiger about three weeks after that, and Blue Tiger is very similar to Panny in a sense that you know I think he goes he, well that particular day he went five oh five I think uh, eighteen sixty four and they went um, twenty nine forty. Well, 
he, he put about six on Dunwork and down the back, which I would have expected, and Dunwork and run him to about a, a length in the end. So, um, as you said, he's, 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 or lack of pace brings him undone when he draws out, you know, in, in amongst that. But he's, he's a dead set, um, railer and, um, I agree with everything you said. If if they if he gets a gap on the on the fence, um, he'll make he'll make three or four lengths up on that turn just by being nailed nailed to the rail. And as you said, he, he's he's drawn nicely. Um, he just hasn't run the times yet. Being young, that he can run on his own. And obviously, when there's seven or eight dogs in the field, it makes it a bit harder. But um, I'm looking forward to stepping him up. Um, mm. Because I think he's going to make a nice uh, 600 to we don't know about 700 or any of that yet, but I, I think he's got you know a bit of ground written all over him. So if he gets beaten, doesn't doesn't get through this uh, and into that, <clears throat> um, his next start will probably be over the 595 the week after. Mm. Well, he's something for us to black book, no doubt about that. You've covered just about every base, Gav. I don't think I need to uh, to ask any more questions. He's going to be a good price tomorrow. So, do you recommend a, a small each way if he goes around at ten or fifteen to one in that field? You'd have to think that's worth a, a small dabble, you'd say. Yeah, well, I backed him last week. Um, I, I think uh, thirty I to one, Gav. Could... Thirty to one. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think he, I think he paid thirty six. Um, <laughs> but and we had a few friends there that don't, you know, that don't bet Matt, uh, don't bet much from the golf club, but. Um, I, I, I think given the race and the, and the dog he beat last week, I honestly thought that dog with the times that had run at the Meadows would be too good. But uh, for me, given that he's drawn box one, um, I, I'd, take, I'd take that all day, every day, um, without making any promises. But I know if he, if he sees a, a bit of daylight on that fence, he'll certainly put himself into the race. And he's strong. I haven't seen a dog yet come from behind and get past him. So... Um, I'd be pretty confident if he led down the back that he'd, um, you know, at least uh, still, still, um, still finishing the prize. But well, mate, at twenties, I'd mate, I, I would, I would be having something each way. You've sold me into an each way bet, but it didn't, uh, didn't take too much pushing, that's for sure. Hey, Gav, good luck tomorrow <laughs> night, mate. Race four, number one, done work, and good luck with Pantera Nero. We'll, we'll try and keep a little bit of an eye on Panny as well, and hopefully he does get a few more litters because I honestly think he deserves to, to have a few more pups on the ground. He was a, a real speed machine, and, and they're hard to come by. So, and as you said, with that travelling too, I noticed he went to Launceston, won the cup, and then he ran fourth in a Group One at the Meadows five days later. So. He was, he was tough. He was resilient. He was a very good dog, mate. So congrats on him and, and good luck tomorrow night with Dumworking. Thanks, James. Well, that's all we have for the uh, episode 15 of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Great chat with Gav Burke as well. He did mention off air that he's a, a keen golfer, so we might have to meet up on the golf course and have a swing as well. Until next time, putters, it's safe travelling and happy putting as always. 